I'm Alison Rice and welcome to Offline the Podcast. These are honest conversations about true self with the people behind the Instagram accounts and the teachers who help us on our way. A lot has changed since I launched Offline in September 2018. It started as a podcast and thanks to your ongoing support, it turned into a movement. Today, Offline exists to help us explore the essence of who we are and how to live, create and succeed in alignment with that. This is our true self. There's the podcast, a series of online courses I've created with our collective needs in mind and experiences that allow us to connect as a community. Visit getoffline.co to find out more or follow getoffline.co on Instagram. I hope this episode helps you on your way. Thank you for being here. The time has come to close season three of Offline. I'm actually starting to let myself believe I do this for a living. It's still a pretty humble life, but it's mine and I adore it. Two to three times a year, I take a month of production to brainstorm what I hope will be an interesting and exciting new season for you to enjoy. This time around, I'll also be using the break to create something new. I hope it helps you because just like this podcast, it's for you. I closed season two with an Ask Me Anything episode and thanks to your support and encouragement, I'm doing it again. If you submitted a question, thank you. As is Offline's reason to exist, I've selected a handful that seek to explore self, spirituality, and personal development. Okay, here's yours truly for Offline. question. How has your life changed since starting offline? You know, it's probably more my internal landscape that's changed versus my life. I feel like I'm almost back at the same speed in terms of workload and creativity, but it's my relationship with myself that's changed the most since I started the podcast. I'm no longer identified by what I do. Like offline is my work and I think it's some of the best and honestly the most important work I've done, but it isn't who I am. And I've had to be really careful and deliberate about that because I'm such an ambitious person and I have a track record of letting my work overtake my mind and my energy and just my general state of being. So yeah, this time around, I've been very purposeful about putting into practice the lessons I learned last time. Um, And one of which is not letting my ego run wild and becoming identified with my job again. For me at the moment is about visualizing space between myself and my work. And that's the only way I can keep my ambition in check. It's like I am Alison Rice and I host a podcast. The podcast isn't who I am. And if it went away, then I'd be okay. I think. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's the work that we all need to do. Like we have to know ourselves so intimately that if everything else fell away, that we'd be okay. 
and maybe more than okay that we'd actually still be happy. Yeah, and then I guess beyond that, like getting recognised in the street is a really big change for me because I've always been such a behind-the-scenes person and I'm trying really hard to sit in that public acknowledgement of my work and I guess let myself feel worthy of the praise. I do love cuddling you and I know Tony does as well, so if you do see us rolling around Bondi or anywhere, please stop. (laughs) Or stop us or stop me because that, um, yeah, brings a lot of joy to my day. Um, and the DMs, like it's all fuel for me to keep going, especially on the days where I just want to run away and hide. <laughs> okay, next question. I'd love for you to go deeper into spirituality and soul. Human design is life-changing. Thank you so much. Okay, I'm so glad you love human design I think it's one of those things that can be quite polarizing for people who are still, I guess, externally referenced. So I was a bit self-conscious of that episode. Um, When I was creating it, I created it as an expander and expander content by nature is quite confronting and that's okay. Um, But I was quite aware of that when I was creating it, that it might be a bit out there. I've got way more out there stuff to come. So it's like just gently baby steps. Um, But yeah, I guess I want to be honest and say I've thought long and hard about how much of my spiritual beliefs and practices I should be sharing. Like as a woman with a platform, I do feel like I have a responsibility to the people listening. And for me, that responsibility shows up as integrity and accuracy and offering diverse perspectives, not just my own. But really, like, that is the pressure I put on myself. Um, But, yeah, what I know for sure is feeling spiritually expressed is deeply personal and what we choose to practice or believe doesn't actually require anyone else's feedback or opinion. I'm trying hard to think a lot about that myself. Um, On soul... My belief is we don't have a soul, but we are soul. So we are soul in manifest form, which is like our individuality, our physicality, and I guess our body. And we drop in for life here on earth school with a set of lessons to learn in the hope we reach a new level of consciousness in that lifetime. And then eventually after many, many lifetimes, we reach a level of consciousness that doesn't require us to come to school anymore. (laughs) Um, Can you talk about your process of coming into spirituality and its challenges? Also, where do I start? Yes. Well, I think I've always identified as spiritual. I've spoken about this before, but from around the age of eight, I had that sort of internal curiosity and sense of wonder. Like I've always kind of thought, you know, this can't be it. Um, I've actually been told by a Vedic astrologer that I'm on my last life. (laughs) So that's pretty wild and, to be honest, quite hard to reconcile at times. Um, I feel like I still have so much to learn and that, you know, most days my ego is still running the show. But then at the same time, sometimes my life feels like I'm sort of rereading a book. Um, 
But yeah, coming into spirituality for me has been slow and considered, I would say. Some years I'm all in, like right now I'm just so deep in this work. Um, And there was also a chapter from like 20 to 25. And then other years I've been more led by my ego um, and my ambition and my thinking mind. Yeah, I think that's a good point because like I'm a big believer in life as chapters I actually read somewhere recently that for women in particular, our lives take on seasons. And I really liked that. I think anything that helps us gain perspective in the moment, because where we are now is not our whole story. And it's really important for our emotional well-being that we don't subscribe to that crazy societal pressure. You know that we need the job, the partner, the shoes, the bag, the Instagram wedding, the baby in fucking rust and neutral linen. (laughs) Um, And then also now to be spiritually literate, like it's a lot to ask of ourselves. So my advice is really to come to it slowly and gently, you know, explore different practices and belief systems and see what feels right to you because you'll know. For me, like Anytime I find something that feels right, it kind of feels like home and and like I already know it. Um, yeah, and then I think working with crystals to set intentions, using sage and Palo Santo to cleanse your spaces, I do that a lot. Having a deep understanding of your natal chart, enjoying tarot, which is something I do. I'm not a tarot expert and we don't have to be. Um, but just pulling a guidance card every day. I think things like that are really beautiful entry point. And maybe that is sort of quite relative to me because spirituality shows up as rituals in a lot of ways. So finding some sacred practices that help you feel expressed and emotionally well. Yeah, I think it's such a beautiful thing to do for yourself. And then I also guess I take bits and pieces and create my own spiritual curriculum, (laughs) which you can do and we can all do. That's our birthright and our entitlement. I get a bit worried when anyone's a purist in something. I get it. But for me, spirituality doesn't show up as one way or one way of thinking. Um, So right now for me, it's a mix of sort of Vedic meditation and Vedic wisdom a lot of crystal work, tarot, that deep understanding of my natal chart. Of course, human design has been a very key theme for me this year. Um, Yeah, and then beyond that, I'm just also looking at different sort of practices and healing modalities like kundalini yoga. I'm very interested in exploring energy work and breath work. Um. In terms of challenges, um, look, I think the only challenge I've faced is what comes with rapid evolution. You know, our desires change, the shape of our ambition changes, the type of energy we want around us changes, and these things do impact our lives quite significantly. Friendships was a big one for me. Who I surround myself with now is very different to the set of people I hung out with even two years ago. 
So that's been challenging. Um, but yeah, I think by choosing to explore what spirituality means to us, we're also choosing change. So we have to kind of be ready for that. So that's a big piece of advice. Next question. How do you find like-minded people to bring into your life who also believe in spirituality? Okay, community is my answer for this one. Um, I've never really been the type of person to go to group things or to like be part of a community. I'm not really much of like a, I'm a team person, but not in like, (laughs) in that way. Um, But learning Vedic meditation opened me up to the power of community. You know, we have to go where there are people we want to be more like. And I kind of found that when I arrived there, I felt like I'd known them forever. And that might be the same for you. Um, yeah, and then also you're my community, I would say. And I hope, I hope you feel like offline is your community as well. We're all here because we want to explore the same thing, which is self. And so I've got a lot of goals around how I can facilitate us being together more (laughs) and connecting more. Um, I was thinking about the other day, actually, Offline's community reminds me a lot of the line from Joni Mitchell's Case of You. I put it on my Instagram not long ago because it was our first dance song, Um, but we used the James Blake cover. Um, The line is, I remember that time you told me love is touching souls. It's so sweet. And, um, and that's what this feels like to me. Like when I meet you and I'm talking to you on DM, I feel like we have that soul contract, you know, and I feel like we know each other weirdly. Anyway, um, I would love to know about your leadership journey. How did you learn to become a good leader and any management tips? Big topic. Um, one of my favorite topics, actually. I learned under an incredible CEO. His name is Jason Scott, and he's still a mentor of mine now. Um, I shadowed him for about five or six years. You know, I listened, observed, um, I then emulated, which we do, and that's okay. Um, I emulated him and his style until I sort of built up the the confidence and courage to explore and express my own leadership style. Um, I've also done a lot of self-study, so leadership articles, books, podcasts. There was seriously like, gosh, at least a three-year period where all I consumed was leadership content. If you're looking for um, a good book or podcast, I really liked Radical Candor. It's by a couple of um, ex-Google executives and they have a really, really nice method for, why is it a method, style for leadership and feedback and praise. Um, And that really resonated with me. So I use that a lot in my my old team. Um, Yeah, so I guess I took Jason's mentorship and my own study and then I kind of laced it with spiritual concepts and sometimes even spiritual practices. (laughs) Um, anyone who's worked with me will know that. Um, but yeah, I think one day I realized I truly developed and honed my own style 
And that's certainly what I bring now to offline coaching. So the coaching sessions I do on Wednesdays on Skype, um, every single session is different and it's been so wonderful to kind of break out of that media bubble as well and um, coach different women across different sectors um, with incredible ideas and really interesting challenges. And in those sessions, I call in different parts of my experience based on what is in front of me. So it's been a huge growth point for me as well, actually. Um, Yeah, and then I would also say I became an authentically good leader through experiencing literally everything (laughs) you could ever experience as a manager and a leader. Um, And that's the good and the hard And I don't say bad because I don't think anything's bad, but definitely it was some parts were quite hard and challenging. And like for context, like this was years and years and years of almost daily whips, like hundreds of difficult conversations, um, having to give feedback, recruiting, like I must have employed, I I don't even know how many people (laughs) or how many people I've interviewed, um, establishing and re-establishing team culture, you know, for the highs and lows of teams, like sometimes entire teams turn, sometimes you lose key players and the whole thing falls over and you kind of have to go in and re-establish what being on that team means. Restructures and redundancies, like that was a big theme for me towards the end of my time at Allure um, as the media landscape continues to be challenged. And there's really... um, Difficult things that I even, if I reflect back now, like I've been accused of bullying twice actually, and that hurt, like me, fuck. (laughs) Um, I've had a whole team turn on me um, in a really difficult time in my life when I was grieving. I learned a lot from that because I, I learned that I wasn't communicating enough. I give myself, um permission to grieve and that I needed to in that time, but I can identify that I went silent at a time when I shouldn't have gone silent. Um, and then I didn't have the right senior team in place. And I went and did that after, um, I've written like countless performance management plans. That is hard work. Um, if you, yeah, Gosh, if you're there, book a session. (laughs) Um, I've got tips. Um, I've ended contracts for misconduct. What else? Like, yeah, you name it. I've led through it. Um, And this is the thing, like leading is lonely. And um, if you find it hard, it's because it is. And, you know, it's in the face of the challenges that we learn the most and it's our ability, I think, to lead through adversity that makes us great leaders. So when things are shit and everything feels really hard, so if you're listening and you're there right now, know that this is the time to dig deep and lead. Like this is the time for you to show up as a leader. Um, Even though we just want to pull the covers over our heads a lot of the time. So... Yeah, I guess I say that because like people, like I've observed, actually I'll say this, I've observed that people celebrate me now and celebrate who who I, how I show up as a leader and how I have shown up as a leader. 
but I want to be honest and say I have fucked up and I've made really big mistakes. Um, it's just that no one was watching then. <laughs> and that's something we're all entitled to, to learn on the job. Um, yeah, and I think one of the most important things we need to focus on as leaders is getting a team around us that gives us permission to get it wrong and that when we do that they'll be there to help us, not say I told you so or try and pull us down. Um, so working on your team um, is so important to get that right and if you don't have the right team in place you have to get fuck, fucking face it. <laughs> I didn't for a long time like face that you might have hired the wrong people and work um, quickly to get to get the right people in place. But yeah, leadership is one of my favorite things to coach on. So if you need help, um, please have a think about booking a session. Um, what has been your most powerful lesson or aha moment in recent times? Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, okay, that everything I will ever experience is consciousness experiencing and expressing itself through me. Just going to leave that there. <laughs> I was going to have a drink. I've got some hot water here. Um, how do you hold on to true self and bounce back when facing unrequited love? Did I say requited? Okay, I'm sorry to hear, first of all, that someone isn't returning the love you have for them. Um, you'll know this already, but that person is not for you. And I mean that like what is meant to be ours will be and it will flow freely to us. I think one of the biggest pieces of self-work for so many of us to do, and me included, um is finding the love and fulfillment we desire within ourselves because that is where it is. But we so often look to external references and things and people to make us feel whole. Um, relationships don't bring us fulfillment, but they're, I guess, a, a positive outlet for the fulfillment we already feel. I learned that from Tom Knowles, who's like a master in Vedic philosophy. That was a bit of an aha moment as well, actually. But yeah, I think our collective goal should be sharing our fulfillment with someone, not expecting them to fulfill us. So I hope that's helpful. I don't know if that's helpful in the face of heartbreak, but I think all we ever need is perspective. And yeah, I hope that gives you some... I love you. <laughs> uh, what new everyday small habit has had the greatest positive impact on your life in the last few years? Okay, well, not to sound like a broken record, but learning Vedic meditation has, yeah, changed my life. And in a lot of ways, I think it's changed my path and it will continue to change my path as I learn. Um, beyond that twice daily practice... I think setting up my morning for a successful and productive day has been a bit of a game changer. Like I'm a bit lazy and I like sleeping and I'm a bit obsessed by my work. So what I've realized is I have to put a bit of a self-care sequence, I'm calling it, <laughs> 
in place um, in the morning that I have to sort of go through before I look at email or social media. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to think about how I talk more about that morning routine in season four and through some other work. But, but I think that's been the biggest game changer for me is is taking control of my morning and my energy and my mental state. Um, yeah, I also put an out of office on. I did that email thing and that's changed my life in a very positive way. <laughs> um, I would like to know how you manage pressure and workloads. Sometimes I wake up thinking about work and clients. Okay, good segue. Um, I obviously feel you there. I now see that truly for me, like that's a signal that I'm too identified with my job. So if I'm having obsessive or repetitive thoughts about work or emails, recently clients, um, then I set about sort of increasing my self-work. And again, that kind of helps me put that space between who I am and what I do or perhaps what I have to do for the day. It's not easy, um, especially in the periods I'm putting into 12 to 15 hours a day. But again, I guess that's where that morning sequence comes back in for me. Um, yes, because I think if we can take responsibility for how we start our day, then we sort of regain control. Um, yeah, so that big thing, our job is what we do. It's not who we are. Um, how do you navigate seeing other women announce their pregnancies on Instagram? And how does seeing that make you feel? Okay. Um, joyful for them. Like my Instagram feed is quite curated now. Like I've either unfollowed and admittedly some people I've muted, which I'll probably unfollow. I'm going to do that during the break. Um... Yes, yeah, so everyone I follow, I love wholeheartedly and I'm inspired by. Um, so if I'm seeing pregnancy announcements, like particularly lately from a few of my girlfriends, I am just so fucking elated for them. Um, and I think that comes from knowing their stories, you know, and knowing that what might necessarily look externally like just, oh my God, she's pregnant knowing the backstory behind that. Um, and like a lot of you will know that about me when my time comes. Um, and I guess that's probably a good, a good thing for me to talk about. Like there's been a perception that um, I can't get pregnant, I think. This is a kind of a hard one for me to unpack because Everyone is so well-meaning and um, cares for Tony and I so deeply. Um, but I do get, like, DMs saying, like, oh, hey, like, eating too much tuna is linked to infertility. <laughs> and, um, I mean, that's not funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. But so I've appreciated that, like, when women are looking out for me and him, that's been really beautiful because I feel so held. Um, but I guess what I want to share is like we actually haven't tried since we lost the baby in October 
And that was my choice because I said to Tony, I just can't, I can't be in this work in the way I want to be and heal from the loss and be trying again straight away. Like I, we started trying the first time because I felt societal pressure. I felt like I was getting old and my eggs were getting old and you know, that I'd reached a particular point in my career and now I should go and do that. And we sort of tried, you know, not very hard for a while, you know, a few months. And then I was like, oh God, I'm going to leave work. So let's just wall up. And then we ended up falling pregnant. Um, and I was like, shit, <laughs> is this my story? Am I going to leave this big job and have a baby and have a podcast? And oh my God. Um, yeah. And then I have spoken about it in a considered way and I'm trying to be really considered with how much of this part of my life I share, but I had to give my, my body time to grieve that baby and also to get well. And that's really what I've been focused on for the past 12 months is just getting physically fit, um, emotionally well, like energetically I've been doing a lot of work on just where where I'm putting focus and and yeah, and so we're pretty much ready to try again, I think. It's very exciting. I'm so excited. Um so yeah, it's quite a long-winded answer to that question, but um on the whole, I'm really truly so happy when I see that you know, my friends are pregnant and when I see it, I guess what I feel now is just so excited for that to be my reality as well um, one day soon. So, yes. Um, what are your intuition signs? How do you know to make a move and how do you know you're on the right path? Okay. Well, lately the number 11 or 111 or one 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 has been a constant, um, and for a long time it was three 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 or three three. Uh, like for years, it was the threes. So yeah, I do love the concept of angel numbers and and numerology, and I like to look up like what numbers mean that I'm seeing a lot. One 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 is like the gate of opportunity is open, um, and I feel that very deeply for myself right now. Um, yeah, I also use a pendulum, which um, is so fun. And I was gifted that by beautiful Meredith, a listener and a coaching client. It was really weird because I'd been researching pendulums as like an energetic tool to help me make decisions. Um, and I had like a few tabs open of different places I was going to buy one from and I'd watched videos on it. And then the next week out of nowhere, she sent me one. <laughs> And I hadn't mentioned it to her. Um, so that was a big sign that that tool is the right tool for me. And I think that's kind of how um, how the universe works, isn't it? It's kind of just that validation that we're on the right path. Um, so I also pull cards every day. Um, I read the CoStar app, which I find pretty exquisite and quite accurate. Um, and then the Pattern app is another one I've been loving lately. Um, 
But yeah, I think beyond the tools and resources, um, knowing I'm on the right path is a feeling. I generally feel quite calm and steady and there's a lot of ease and flow and forward momentum in my life. So I think that's a big sign for me. Um, And then a big part of it is just surrendering, you know, like letting go of the control um, that I have to sort of um, drive every outcome in my life. Like I do believe that I've chosen this body and, you know, this voice and this intellect and marriage and life lessons and all of that. So it's all of my choosing and really my responsibility is to to be here, yeah, in the moment and learning the lessons. So I'm trying not to interrogate the path too much and instead just sort of feel this thing um, in Vedic, it's called charm. So I just go with charm, what feels charming to me. <laughs> it's quite sweet. Um yeah, and I guess another Vedic thing I also subscribe to is the concept of um, dharma. And our dharma is, I guess, like our purpose. Um, one of the things Tom Knowles says is, what is the most effective use of me and my body? And how can I make my existence relevant? You know, what am I doing in the world right now? And how can I move in the direction of innovation and creativity which I love and that's I guess a bit of a north star for me like in any part of my life my um the choices I'm making are around evolution is this evolutionary um yeah so and I think yeah for me offline um And all that I hope it will be answers all of those questions. Okay, I think that's it. Um, I want to thank you so much for your support for season three. Um, Yeah, honestly, some days I'm like, wow, this is what I'm doing. This is what I do (laughs) for a living. What a joy. Um, But yeah, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for your support for this work. Um, Yeah, and everything that offline stands for, I really feel you. And I had just never anticipated I would be here, to be honest, and um, that I would feel so held um, and loved and valued. And for that, I am truly so thankful. I have you know, what's shaping up to be a beautiful season four um, and some really interesting topics and formats. And yeah, like I said in the intro, I'm also going to use the break to create something new um, that I've been wanting to do for a long time but just haven't felt ready for. But yeah, every fibre of my being is ready for that work. So I hope you will... um, yeah call it your own I hope you adore it yeah and I'll see you on the other side thank you for joining us for this episode of Offline 
visit getoffline.co to explore more episodes, the online courses I've created to help you succeed consciously, and upcoming community events. Follow getoffline.co on Instagram and me. My handle is Alison Larson Rice. Lastly, if you know someone who would benefit from hearing these honest conversations, please share offline with them.